This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. In the shotgun, Carr's going to throw, pumps, looks end zone, throws for the end zone, wide open, James Jones, touchdown, Raiders! I'm not a big gambler, I only play the slots, because you know what they say, scared money, don't make money, and I got scared money. Rodgers, to the end zone, caught, for the touchdown, James Jones! John Gruden has not coached since 2008, so what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level? You know, and it's just Cali swag. What's going on, Raider Nation? Oh yeah, we are back after three months off, y'all. You are listening to a brand new episode of Keeping It 300, brought to you by Blue Wire and our good friends at Bet Online and Deal Dash. I'm Fallon Smith. My guy James Jones will join me in just a few minutes. But I wanted to take this time to thank all of our listeners. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being so patient with us, me specifically, because as you know, I took a few months off to have a baby, folks. Yes, Fallon is now a mommy. I can't even believe it. My son, Nicodemus Christopher II, was born on June 2nd. So I thought that was pretty cool, right? The second born on the second. What I thought was not very cool was that it was past his due date. (laughs) He was a little stubborn, didn't want to come out, but now he is here and I am loving every second of it. Minus, y'all know what I'm talking about, the not sleeping part. Mm -hmm. That is uh, not very fun, but um, I know every parent says this about their child, but my kid, go check him out on Instagram and on Twitter. Seriously. He is the most perfect little handsome guy. (laughs) I think he's like the most handsomest guy in the entire world. I just stare at him and I'm like, oh my God, I created you. How did I create you? It's like crazy, right, to think about. And then I'm also like, crap, I am seriously responsible for another human. Like my life is basically over. It's all about him now. (laughs) Or my life has just begun. That's what I'll say for all you people who want to take that in a negative way. I was just kidding. My life is not over. I'm super excited. Needless to say, though, he has definitely kept me busy these past couple of months. I've also been working a full-time job from home and most importantly, just enjoying being a mom. But I had to take a break from the pod because let me tell you, trying to schedule a podcast when you're taking care of a newborn working from home and your husband is out working, (laughs) a little tough. 
I was just telling myself, maybe I'll just hold him the whole time and try to do the podcast, and that ain't working. And clearly, they're on their own schedule when they're so little, you know? So <laughs> I finally just said, you know what? I'm going to have someone come over and watch the baby for an hour so I can put out a podcast since training camp has started. And plus, I just miss you guys. You know, I miss your feedback. I miss your questions. Um, I miss... I just miss talking Raiders. You know what I'm saying? So here I am. Keeping it 300 is back. And with that said, time now to bring in my good friend, former NFL wide receiver, current NFL analyst, James DeAndre Jones. And yes, I used your full government name, bro. <laughs> That's all good. What's going on? You know why I did that too, right? Because uh, I gave you three no, months off. Why did you do that? Because I gave you three months off and it was still like pulling teeth to get, you know, get you scheduled for this podcast. I think it was the other way around, right? I gave you three months off because you had a little man, right? <laughs> Whatever. I gave you three months off because I had a little man. Anyways, the, the crazy thing is, you know, we haven't really missed much uh, since our last podcast in regards to the NFL, in regards to the Raiders, because... This offseason completely wiped out, you know, um, it consisted of basically all virtual meetings. So with training camp now underway, we are starting back up at just the right time. However, James, things look a whole lot different. These are unprecedented times. So in this episode, we will discuss the impact that COVID-19 is having on the Raiders, you know, with this new revised training camp, how the Raiders new stadium in Las Vegas will be closed to fans this season, which really, really sucks, obviously. And of course, we got to talk about the Raiders quarterback, Derek Carr, and his strong words to the media this week. But let's start with a question, James. So the preseason has already been canceled, which sucks for those undrafted guys and, you know, those guys fighting for roster spots. But with things changing every single day, things obviously fluid, do you think we are even going to have an NFL season? You know what, man? That's I don't know. I don't know. Because even me talking to talking to some players around the league, they're just like, they're praying that they make it to the start. They don't know if they're going to make it to the start of the season, but they're praying that they make it to the start. So um, I think the NFL is doing everything they possibly can to get to the start. I mean, you look at some of these facilities, you look at all the stuff that they got going on. I mean, they got the right doctors in there. They're testing the guys every day. They're trying to keep the guys safe. And not only the guys safe, when they go home, they're trying to make sure their families and everybody's safe as well. So I'm hoping we make it to the start. But, man, when you talk about the NFL, you're just talking about a lot of moving pieces. You know what I mean? And you know, anything can happen. Guys could come in one day, you know, from home or, you know, from hanging out with some buddies or something and, you know, test positive for COVID. And then he might pass on to four other guys. So, I mean, it's tough. But I do believe the NFL is doing everything they can to, to make it happen. And that's the positive part. So hopefully we get to the start. But to be honest with you, I would be surprised. I would be surprised. And it sucks, though, because then that just means uh, everyone who does a podcast leading up to the season, everybody who writes all these stories leading up to the season, it's going to be all for nothing because <laughs> there won't be a season. But we still got to do a podcast, so that's what we're going to do. It's going to be a very, very, very long off season for everybody because there's <laughs> going to be nothing to talk about. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, we are taping this on a Thursday, and the opt-out deadline is later today. Um, there's already been about, I think, 60 players league-wide who have opted out. Just two Raiders, neither of them projected starters, so the Raiders haven't really taken any big hits in that respect. Now, I understand both sides, of course, why a player would opt out. You know, number one, they want to protect themselves. They want to protect their families. But I also understand, you know, why you would play. One, you want to play. 
too. You want to get paid. You know what I'm saying? And the NFL and teams, as you mentioned, um, are taking measures to protect the players. In my opinion, though, James, I have to be honest. I kind of think that the NFL really doesn't care about the players because I think that this is all about money. They're pushing to have an NFL season because it's about money. So, again, I don't really think it's about <laughs> protecting their players. That's just my opinion. I know you got to protect the shield, uh, protect the NFL, so you won't talk bad about that. But I will ask you what you would do. What would you do, you know, if you were a player? Would you play or would you opt out and why? Well, for me... You know, I, I look at my family situation. Everybody in my family is healthy, thank God. You know, so you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't feel like I'm putting anybody in danger, you know, because everybody's healthy. You know, I don't have a newborn like you, you know, my kids are old, they're old enough, they running around and moving and all that type of stuff. Not saying it matters how old they are and all that, but you know, everything over here on my end is, is pretty good. So I, I I would play definitely. You know, I, I would go out there, continue to do what I love, but make sure that my family is good as well, you know. So, but I think it's a hard decision for a lot of these guys because, I mean, a lot of them had newborn. A lot of yeah. them have kids that, you know, may be sick, may be ill, and you mess around and bring this thing back home is bigger than football. So, yep. I respect everybody's decision to opt out. I don't care how much money you make. You don't make enough money. You know, ain't no ain't no money in the world that you're going to make that's more important than your family. You know, so I, I respect I respect everybody's decision of, of opting out because everybody's doing it for a different reason. Everybody, you know, life, life isn't the same, you know, so everything that they've been through and the reason why they're making the decisions, people don't know, you know, but only thing you can do is respect their decision. You know, and they got to do the same with you. Respect yours if you choose to play, you know, and, and that's how it's going to go. But. If it was if it was me and I was still playing, I would play just because, like I said, my family situation and everything is everything is good, and you know, I'll go out there and do what I got to do. This is just so crazy that we're even discussing this. It seems fake. It seems like ever since March, what these last five six months have been just fake. Like we're, I mean, it's yeah. weird. You go to the store, everybody's in a mask. You go anywhere, everybody's in a mask. It's like you know we're in an apocalypse or something like that. It's it's crazy, but um, it is what it is. This is what we have to deal with. Um, so we have to be as safe as possible. So yeah, I, I definitely respect the players who opt out and I respect the players who decide to play. With that said, huh, this sucks. Raiders <laughs> sent out a memo to the fans that Allegiant Stadium is going to be closed to fans this season. I totally understand why they're doing this. You know, they have to protect the players, the staff, the fans. But with all the hype, James, surrounding the move to Las Vegas, the $2 billion (laughs) state-of-the-art stadium, your debut in your new stadium is going to be completely empty, fanless. As a player, you feed off the energy of the crowd. You get hyped, you know, running out of the tunnel, running onto the field, jumping into the stands, you know, after a touchdown. So how do you think this is going to feel like, you know, as a, as a player? How do you get motivated for a game without fans? To be honest with you, the first couple games, for everybody, it's going to feel like a scrimmage. Yeah. You know, it's going to feel like the game it's going to feel like the game really doesn't mean nothing, you know, and I think as you start seeing the records and <laughs> in the division and you 
start treating them like scrimmages, and you come out there, and you're like, dang, man, we 0-3. <laughs> and the division, we ain't going to make the playoffs. And I think that's when it's going to start start getting real and understanding that these games is real. Yeah. You know what I mean? They count. If we're trying to get to where we're trying to go, we got to win some of these games. But I definitely think it's going to be lukewarm for the first couple games because you got to bring your own energy. It's going to feel like a practice. It's just the other team is in different jerseys over there. It's going to feel like when you scrimmage each other in training camp, you know? So, <laughs> you know, so... I think after the first couple of games, the players will start getting used to it and understanding, all right, fans ain't going to be out there. But, hey, they still showing these highlights and stuff on TV. So let's go out here and ball so we can get on these highlights <laughs> and let's go win these games. Let's go win these games, especially for the Raiders, man. Yeah. We put we want to put a good – we want to put some good product out here on the football field just so when it comes to next year and this stuff is all done and fans can come back in, they're excited. We just came off a division championship. We made a push in the playoffs. You know what I mean? We made it to the playoffs and we won some games, you know, and the fans are excited about what's going on. So they're going to have to go out there and they still going to have to play football, and that's for everybody. But this season is going to be weird because – the team that brings the most energy every single game without any fans is, is, is probably going to be the team to win. Yeah, facts. And I think what the NBA is doing is pretty cool, you know, with the virtual fans in the stands, uh, them playing crowd music, crowd noise. MLB is doing the same thing, but it's kind of weird because you still see the empty, you know, stadium seats behind behind them. And it's a bigger, obviously, a bigger stadium when you're playing in the MLB, a bigger stadium when you're playing in the NFL. So uh, when I was speaking with the NBA you know, players, they said it was a little weird at first, but they kind of got used to it and the way that they have it, it, it kind of is like a Euro league setup where it looks smaller. So it doesn't look as empty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so again, you know, they said it was weird. Uh, now, as you see, you've seen the games, I'm sure you've been watching. It's been intense. So um, I hope that can be, you know, that can translate to the NFL as well. If we in fact do have um, a season. So, yeah. And I think I think the NFL is going to be better when you're at home because you're really at home. You are in your stadium. You know, in the NBA, everybody's in this AAU tournament playing (laughs) in the same bubble. You know what I mean? So but like when you go to the Raiders stadium, I mean, they could pump that thing up. They know when to play the loud music. They know when to get the fans hyped. Uh, You know what I mean? They know when to get the players hype and playing all this crazy music and all that. When the team is down, they could pump it up like at the at the bubble. It's like, shoot, man. I don't care if they got Lakers on the court. We all in the same bubble. True, neutral. It's a neutral floor. <laughs> you know? yeah, 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 yeah. At least, at least in the NFL, you're still gonna have to travel. You're still gonna have to go to Las Vegas. You're still gonna have to go to Green Bay. You're yeah. still gonna have to go to Detroit, Baltimore, and all that. So it's, they're still they can make their whole stadium without fans still feel like, hey, it's pumped up in here. You know what I mean? It ain't gonna be the same. No. You know, ain't nothing gonna be the same no. without fans. But at least you'll still feel like you got some home field advantage because you're still playing at the house. Yeah, no doubt about that. Well, as you know, training camp is looking a whole lot different. Usually you would be in Napa or in Green Bay, you know, hanging out with the Packers or or the Raiders. That's not the case. You're chilling at home. You're doing, (laughs) you know, your hits from exactly where you are right now. Uh, in, yep. <laughs> in, in in a room at your house. Um, but the thing with training camp is crazy. You know, they haven't even started padded practices yet. And it is, what, August 6th? 
Um, they're just having, you know, walkthrough sessions, strength and conditioning, uh-huh. you know, portion of camp. Um, I believe their big team meetings are still virtual. And apparently, you know, padded practices uh, during the padded practices when they start in what, a couple weeks, only 10 media members are going to be allowed access to the field and the media room per day. And with all of that interviews with coaches, interviews with players, they're all still going to be held virtually. So access to the team is very limited. But Training camp as a whole, James, when it comes to the team, who do you think is impacted the most with this new revised training camp? Oh, man, without a, without a doubt, it's the young players. Yep. I mean, I, I think as veterans, I mean, sure, we, we pray that the schedule stay like this next year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, you know, as for rookies and the guys coming out of college, and I, when I say that, I, merely, I really mean like the free agents and the guys, that, you know, at the bottom of the draft and things like that because, I mean, let's just keep it real. When you're in the first three rounds, your spot is basically guaranteed unless you're just absolutely garbage. Yep. You know yep. what I'm saying? Yep. But it's going to take a lot for you not to make the team. Yep. But when you fourth, when you fourth round and under – I mean, you got to come out there. You got to make plays. You got to show the show the coaching staff what you really can do. Now you don't have no preseason, so you can't go out there and show people what you can do on the game field. Now, I done been in training camp, and I done seen guys come out there as practice players, and I'm like, this dude is awesome. Facts. You know what I mean? Like, this dude, is go- he is going to crush the NFL. He's going to be a pro bowler, all pro. How this dude wasn't even drafted. This dude is murdering out here at practice. Then we go out there for these preseason games and the lights come on and the fans is out there and the dude go out there. You're like, who is this dude? He is garbage. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like, it's going to be tougher on the coaches evaluating some of these players too, because it's like, man, you know, you're not going to get hit in practice. So you're going across the middle, catching everything. You know, you ain't worried about getting hit and all that. You get in the game when you're about to get hit. Now you ain't catching nothing. And then the guys that wasn't balling in practice getting these games and they gamers and you yeah. like, oh, we this dude is a baller. He ain't showed up in practice. Yeah. But this dude's a baller. So it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult. But for those young guys, man, you have to I mean, you gotta take advantage of the practices, you know, but there's nothing like game game experience, man, especially when you're a rookie and you're trying to see how the NFL goes, how fast the game is moving. I mean, you're not gonna get none of that until the first week of the season if you make the ball club. It's going, and it's going to be tough on you because the guys that was there, you know what I mean, got the upper hand on you right exactly. now. You know what I mean? Because you, you're a rookie coming in. You ain't went through no OTAs. You ain't went through nothing. You started from the bottom, got to learn the playbook. So it, it's going to be tough. I, I I feel for these guys that's coming in this year, man. I, I wish they would have let some of the some of the uh, underclassmen say, hey, is it cool if I go back to school? You seriously, know what I mean? Seriously, no. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're completely right. Yeah. Is it cool if I go back to school and I'll come out next year? Because this stuff is crazy. You know what I mean? And then, I mean, just for some of the free agents. Like, I look at the quarterback from Arizona, uh, U of A out here, man, Tate. Yeah. I mean, he signed with the Eagles, but they had to cut the roster down to 80 people. Exactly. So they cut training camp even started. Like, you can't even show what you could do. I mean, and who knows what type of player he could have been, whether it's a quarterback, receiver, whatever. You know, who knows what he could have been. But he ain't even going to get the opportunity. I mean, at least right now. I mean, I don't think nobody picked him up, but it just sucks because in the regular in the, in the regular year, I mean, he's, he's going into training camp. He's going to be able to battle to make a spot. I was going to say exactly what you were going to say. You know, the undrafted guys, the young guys, and the coaches, you know, because the coaches have a really tough job. They just cut 10 guys without even seeing them on the field. 
And, you know, as you mentioned, coaches really can't evaluate these guys. They're going to let some great talent walk, a diamond in the rough walk, right? Because you always hear all these great stories of undrafted guys making the roster. Those would-be great stories are going to walk, and you really can't fault the coaches. It's really not their fault. I mean, everybody, though, in the league, all coaches are at a disadvantage. Blame them at all. You can't blame them. They don't know. You know, they didn't have the opportunity to have a full offseason with them and see what they could really do. So, you know, that's the sucky part of the business, man. And like I said, the guys that were there last year, you know what I mean, are going to have the upper hand. So if it's a rookie free agent coming in that you're like, dang, he was good in college, man. He probably could be a good player, but hey. You can't take that chance. Yeah, we know what Fallon's going to – Fallon played three games for us last year. So we know what Fallon's going to do. So we're going to keep Fallon. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We ain't even going to see what this guy can do, you know. So, exactly. You know, it's going to be tough. And you look at a guy like Jalen Richard. He was a tryout guy. And not only did he make the roster, but he made a huge impact his rookie season. And now, yeah. you know, he's a huge part of this Raiders offense. And he signed a big contract with them this offseason. Um, that's not going to happen this year. It's unfortunate. You're not going to have these great stories like a Jalen Richard. But with that being said, I think we're going to even see a lot more great stories. Because you think? Okay. With this vi- oh, yeah. I was just saying, with this virus, it's going to be so many guys that we do not know right now that's going to get opportunities because somebody tests positive mm. the week before. Yep. So if we do make it to the if we do make it to the start, it's going to be it's good, trust me. It's going to be some people that come in and test positive, and next thing you know, it's going to be a running back that was a free agent and ain't nobody heard of, and now he is starting for the Green Bay Packers. We we don't we don't know. You know, but it's it's, it's going to be some guys that st- that get their opportunity and step up and never let that thing go because it's virus. And it's going to be a lot of opportunities to go around yeah. because it's virus that we're dealing with, man. It's just it's going to happen. So I think we're going to see a lot more stories like that this year just because of what we're dealing with. That's a really good point and actually something we're going to discuss at the other side of the break. So we have to take a quick break. But when we come back, we will discuss a prank that John Gruden pulled on his team. Plus, why Derek Carr feels disrespected. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, Blue Wire listeners. Sports are finally back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. The NBA has restarted. Major League Baseball is finally back. And there is no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say about what it's like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. And remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome. Bonus. That's promo code Blue Wire. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over a thousand auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars, y'all. Yeah, even cars. Okay, so here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. 
That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of all their other discounts. So why don't you go to DealDash.com and use the offer code RAIDER300. Okay, that's DealDash.com. Use the offer code RAIDER300. Or you can go to DealDash.fm backslash RAIDER300. That's DealDash.fm backslash RAIDER300. All right, we are back. So John Gruden played a not-so-funny prank on the team last week. However, it was effective. I will give him that. Now, when the team logged into a Zoom meeting, John Gruden wasn't there. Instead, it was Rich Basaccia, the special teams coach, assistant head coach, and he told the team, guys, John Gruden has COVID. He's been hospitalized. And the players were like, what? You know, they were taken aback by it. And then shortly after, he said, no, 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 it's just a prank. He, he doesn't have COVID. Now... In my opinion, that was kind of tone deaf, you know, a tone deaf prank just because there are people dying in this world. But I digress. Point is, John Gruden wanted to show how nobody is immune to this virus. Not the quarterback, not the running back, not the star on defense, not the coach. It can happen to anyone. So everyone has to stay ready to play when their number is called. And that's real, James. And you just discussed it before we went to break. Absolutely. I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's going to happen. And I think just even Coach Gruden getting the guys prepared for that situation, if something does happen, it's huge. You know what I mean? But I just think you want to get your players to understand, listen, it's coming. It is coming. Okay? Somebody, a big-time player, a coach, it's coming. You know what I mean? Going to have to sit out a week, two weeks. Who knows? It's coming. You know what I mean? We're going to have to be able to adjust and not lose a beat and still go out there and play football games and win football games and play them at a high level. It's coming. Just like our trainers used to come into us and talk to us before training camp. They used to get up there and they say, listen, there's 95 people in this room right now, 100 people in this room. I don't know how many you had back then when training camp was starting. <laughs> yeah. 35 of you plus will go on IR. Mm. That's just a fact. Yes. Yes. You know, whether whether you want to hear it or not, that's just a fact. It's yeah. going to happen. One of you are going out there, you're going to break some, your ankle, you're going on IR, period. That's just a fact. Whether you think you're going to play 100 years and never get hurt or whatever, but that's just the facts. You know what I'm saying? And what we're dealing with right now with this virus, that's the fact. It's coming. You know what I mean? So I think the teams that are better prepared for it are the teams that's going to have the most success. You know what I mean? And to be honest with you, this is a huge year. If you are on practice squad, are you a third string, fourth string, whatever you are, and you sitting in the meetings and you sleep because you know that you ain't never going to play, this ain't the year for that. Nah. Because like that, like you can't see me snapping my fingers, but like that, <laughs> like that. It, could be your, it could be your time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It could be your time. Two people in your, in your position group that hang out with each other can test positive. And next thing you know, it's your show. All right? And you got to come in there and protect Derek Carr. You got to come in there and protect Patrick Mahomes and run the ball. Like, it, it's your time. So don't be in there sleep this time. 
and all that. This year is different, man. You never know what your number's going to call on. And for the coaching staff, it's different for them, too, because you have to get everybody prepared, yeah. whether you're on practice squad or not. Hey, listen, you, practice squad might have to take the first team reps or something like that just to make sure, like, hey, if it's your turn, you know what I mean? If Josh Jacobs mess around, test positive. If Jayla Richard test positive for going out to dinner with him, it's your show. Yeah, facts. You know what I mean? So you better make sure that you you ready to go, you know? So it's going to be different. But I think that was huge by Gruda because, hey, you got to be prepared, man. It's coming for somebody, for some team. Well, let's just hope it doesn't come for the Raiders quarterback, Derek Carr. Um, and speaking of, of Carr, he spoke to the media this week via Zoom. And he said, you know, I know I have a lot to prove, but I'm going to be honest. I am tired of being disrespected. And he was more so talking about, you know, the trolls and the fans, you know, saying he's not going to be the Raiders quarterback in Las Vegas. He's trash, yada, yada, yada. Well, I'm going to say this, and I know you always defend your guy, so let me defend him for once. I'm going to ask you a question at the end of this. Let me try to defend D.C. Okay, one, since becoming the Raiders head coach again, John Gruden has had plenty of opportunities to draft a quarterback, and he has not. Two, there are a lot of you Raider fans out there that think, well, he signed Marcus Mariota, and guess what? Mariota is going to beat out Carr. He's going to be the starter. Sorry, no way that's happening. And why? A lot of it has to do with the short and off season. <laughs> you know, he's definitely at a disadvantage. Um, but the only way that Mariota is playing is if midway through the season, Carr is stinking up the place. You know what I'm saying? Or, God forbid, if Carr gets COVID. Really the only way I see Marcus Mariota playing. Or maybe, you know, Greg Olson will put in some some plays, some Taysom Hill-like plays, packages, you know, for him. And also for Lynn Bowden Jr. I won't, wouldn't be surprised if that's how we see Mariota on the field. And I definitely know we will see, you know, Lynn Bowden Jr. on the field in that way. Even Greg Olson spoke about that to the media this week. But anyway, back to Carr. Bottom line is... Carr is coming off one of his best years statistically, okay? He completed a franchise record and a career-high 70.4% of his passes. All the naysayers will say, well, you know, because he was checked down Charlie. He was making all these short passes, whatever. But last year, guys, his receiving core was trash. So none of that was his fault. Now, if you've listened to our podcast, I've said this a million times, and I'm going to say it again, in case you didn't hear me the first, second, third, fourth, or fifth time. And James has said this on the NFL Network. He actually said it yesterday, I believe, um, because they were discussing Carr saying he was disrespected. But every year Carr has been in the league, his defense has ranked dead last in nearly every statistical category, minus the 2016 season. And I think they were what? 20. Yeah. Still 20th defensively so not even middle of the pack defense and that was Carr's MVP like campaign that's when the Raiders went to the playoffs on top of that Carr has 18 career fourth quarter comebacks the most by any quarterback through their first six seasons now this year 2020 Okay, finally has all the pieces around him. Offensively, they look scary with the additions of, you know, Ruggs, Edwards, and Bowden to go along with Tyrell Williams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs. Okay, so they have a Ferrari on offense. And of course, they've upgraded their defense. Hallelujah for that. So, DC, yes, you do have a lot to prove. And in my opinion, this is a make or break year for you. But guys, he's never had what he has right now and he still has put up ridiculous numbers so why don't you guys pump the brakes pump the brakes jj you played with the guy you defend the guy every single day like he is your brother but i want to ask you this why do you think 
Carr cares about, you know, all the trash that's being talked about him, you know, all the haters, because, you know, he wasn't talking about the organization disrespecting him. He was talking about fans, about trolls on social media. Why do you think he cares? So first off, you hit that on the money, Um, (laughs) you know, and that's very true, because if Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady had the last ranked defense their whole career, they wouldn't have any Super Bowls neither. They probably wouldn't have any playoff appearances neither. You know, so, you know, everybody wants Derek Carr to put this team on his right arm and take them to places with, with no help, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. And then when he has even a little help at 20, you know what I mean? He almost MVP, takes them to the playoffs and all that type of stuff. But I tell people this all the time, Fallon. For athletes, for football players, I'm going to speak in particular because that's what I play. It's about respect. Respect <laughs> is, is everything. Beyond the money, beyond the fame, you go out every single day and you bust your butt. You give everything you got, not only to your teammates, to your family, to your craft, and everything. You know what I mean? Just for people to come back and don't even really know what they're talking about and say you garbage, say you ain't this, say you ain't that, and really don't look at the facts that you just gave. You know what I mean? And if they really look at the facts that you just gave, with him not having no help, the defense his whole career since his rookie year, at the bottom of the burial, 32. It's only 32 teams in the league. They can't get no worse. At the bottom of the barrel. And for him still to have the success that he had, and for them still to disrespect him and not really speak on nothing else that's going on, at one point you get tired of it. I'm tired. I'm tired of hearing it. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I respect DC because it's been going on forever. And he's put you know a smile I mean? on his face. And he's put a smile on his yes, face. And he's just now coming out like, "Hey, this, I'm tired of this." You know what I'm saying? So, you know, yeah, we hear all the little stuff that's going on, but we don't react to it all the time. You know what I mean? But I think this was the right time. I'm tired of this, man. You know, I, I'm, I feel disrespected. And if you look at everything that Fallon just said. He should feel disrespected. You know what I mean? Because he's had no help and he's done special things. Like, it's crazy to even say that. Why does he have all these fourth quarter comebacks? (laughs) Like, 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 look at it. Look at it like that. Why does he have all these comebacks? Because the defense ain't doing nothing. And he got to come back and get him out of a jam and find a way to win these ball games at the end. He put the team on his back 18 times in the fourth quarter. 18 times in the fourth quarter, put the team on his back. And it's crazy. So, I mean, I'm always going to defend D.C. when it's when it's right to defend him. Yeah, of course. And if he go out there and he playing like garbage and the defense is playing lights out and he ain't doing nothing and the defense is in the top ten, you better believe I'm going to be like, D.C. got to play better. What is he doing? But right now, he has the right to say, I feel disrespected, man. Like, he's he when he came in as a rookie, he gave his whole franchise hope. Yep. You know what I mean? He gave a whole franchise hope like, shoot, we got our guy. You know what I mean? And you still have your guy if you put some help around him. And you put that around him on the offensive side of the ball now. But now can you can the defense stop somebody? Even if they score 50 a game and still lose games, it's still going to come back on D.C. But can the defense do their part? You know what I mean? And, and you know what, James? As a media member, former media member, you're now a current media member, um, 
I love that he said this because you know why? Every single time he talks after a loss, every single time he talks to the media, he has a smile on his face. He says he loves everybody. He says it's his fault. He takes responsibility. You know what I'm saying? He never, ever makes excuses. And now, and he never calls out anybody that has disrespected him. And so it's like, finally, after six years, he's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to tell all y'all how I feel right now before the season begins. I feel disrespected. But guess what? I'm going to prove y'all wrong. So I like that he came out and said that. To be honest, I'm like, finally, DC, you're finally being real. Because you used to say you don't care what people say about you. But you do, DC. You do care. And that's fine to care. I care what people say about me. I'm sure, James, you care what people say about you. You know what I mean? No, not really. Ah, shut (laughs) up. I'm just saying, like, to an extent, I don't care with, like, the trolls on social media that say stupid crap. But when when it comes to your job, you know, I don't want people to say that I'm a terrible host, a terrible anchor, a terrible reporter. You know what I'm saying? Like, I work my butt off. Absolutely. Especially when the facts say different. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm a realist. Like, if I'm out there and I'm playing terrible, if I'm playing terrible and everybody's on there like, dude, James suck, you right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're right, right. I'm, I'm out i'm out here tripping i ain't playing well but if the stats and everything shows this you know what i mean and y'all still saying i'm garbage come on now come on now that's enough that's enough hey if i have a bad show if i couldn't you know get a sentence out <laughs> then guess what i had a <laughs> shitty show that sucked yes but guess what i also have three emmy awards so y'all can kiss my butt so if you want to talk about me then you know go somewhere else there we go anyways but what i think is really cool before we go um i love that he is going to wear an arm sleeve this year to honor kobe bryant he's always talked about you know channeling his mamba mentality that is one player that he looked up to you know his favorite player and um we'll see we'll see if it translates because honestly again it's a put up or shut up year it is a make or break year and james you'll be the first to say this is a make or break year correct no hold on you don't agree no you don't think it's a make or break year for Derek Carr with with finally hold on we've been defending him for six years defending him so you finally have the pieces hold on we are defending him for six years right and now you finally have the pieces around him which we have said put the pieces around him on both sides of the ball not just offensively but now he has a ferrari on offense and now they've upgraded the defense so let's just say we have a middle of the pack defense or a top 10 defense there is no excuse why the raiders shouldn't make the playoffs Correct. Well, yeah. Well, you said Derek Carr. You didn't say the whole team. Okay, but how, but but I'm saying Derek Carr is the head of this yes. team. So if that, but I'm saying it, that's what that was going to be my part. It's not a make or break year. If Derek Carr goes out there and has the same season he has last year, which is a great season, I know. And the defense is dead. And the defense is dead last. Uh-huh. This to, to me, Derek Carr is still my quarterback. Now, oh, Derek yeah. Carr comes out there and the defense is top 10 and the offense doesn't produce the way we think he could produce, then yes, that this was a make or break year for you because the defense is top 10, what we've been saying you needed, and then you didn't deliver on the offense. So now it's like, okay, let's go back to the draw board and let's see, okay, is Derek Carr really our guy? But if the defense comes out and plays the same and D.C. plays the same, for me, this is still D.C.'s team. So, until but, the defense, Until okay. the defense steps up, Okay. And, and does his part. Because we've seen Derek Carr go out here with Amari Cooper and Crabtree and those guys and dominate and yeah. put up a bunch of points. Yeah. So we know, he, we know he can do that. But the defense never never did anything. 
You know what I mean? So if the defense does it, does their part and they top 10 in defense and they're stopping people and getting some turnovers and getting the ball back to D.C. and D.C. sticking up, stinking up the place, then, yeah, then we need to revisit this thing at the end of the year. But, but. D.C. ain't going to. D.C. ain't never stunk the place up, so that ain't what we. That is not what we depended on. D.C. ain't never just came out there and stunk the place up. D.C. always played well. I mean, I mean, if you look at the season as a whole in a totality, correct. But he has had some rough games. You have to admit there is, you know, not yeah, not has, all of it is other people's fault. Some of it has been his fault. But when you look at his full body of work, this has not been D.C.'s fault. <laughs> Period. And I, I mean, I'm just saying when you look at it every season. Just, 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 Fallon, just, just listen. Okay, okay. Every season that the young fella has been in the National Football League, the defense has been at the bottom, the last in the NFL. We, we discussed that. So, so, so wait, though. So, wait, though. You don't think other defenses playing against Derek Carr, it's easier to stop him because you know what he's going to have to do. You know they're going to have to throw it and all that type yeah. of stuff because they're going to oh, be Oh, that's true. Fine. That's true. That's true. It's much easier to it's much easier to to guard him. Like the year that they was they, the year that the DC was up for the MVP, they were playing free. They were they were on schedule. They were able to run the ball, pass the ball, get in the play action pass and do what they want and keep defenses off balance because they weren't losing every yeah. game. And that's because his that's because his defense was awesome that year, ranked twenty. Yeah, 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 yeah. ranked twenty, awesome. <laughs> I guess with see, that's all that he needs is a twenty ranked defense. You yeah. know what I mean to get to the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? So you know, I, it's just it's crazy. But no, I don't think it's a make or break year if the defense does not do their job. Okay, but here's the thing: you say make or break when you enter the season. I guess clearly you don't like the. The term "make or break" oh. year, but you, but but Derek Carr has to play well, and he will because he always has. Okay, so he has <laughs> to at least put up the numbers he did last year, minus some of the turnovers, but put up the numbers he did last year, right? If the defense play like they did last year, he gonna have seven thousand yards back. <laughs> They won't. They'll be upgraded. Okay. Got all them weapons out there now, and they're going to be on the field all the time. Okay, so James Jones just doesn't like that term, make or break year. Because you don't say make or break year at the end of the season, James. That's what you're trying to say. You, like, evaluate it, and then it's a make or break year. No, you enter a season saying, is it a make or break year? That's my point. And I I understand it because we used to talk about this all the time, not only with Aaron Rodgers but with D.C. as well. Like, you know, when when you win ballgames – it's all about the quarterback. Look yeah. at the quarterback is doing. When you lose ball games, it's all on the quarterback. That's why. They, that's why they make the big dollars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just like everybody. Just like everybody is. Lamar Jackson has not won two playoff games. Well, he can't stop Derrick Henry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying, like, when, I mean, yeah, he they lost in the playoffs as a team. Yeah, you know yeah, why? Yeah. Y'all just want to blame it on Lamar Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Like, he can't tackle. He's not in the game on defense. He can't tackle Henry. And from what I know, Henry had Henry had 400 yards rushing. Why can't it be the team ain't want to play all games? Why just got to be Lamar Jackson? But we understand. I mean, it's a quarterback. Is the quarterback driven league? They gonna get all the blame, but quarterbacks know, and as a team, we know. Look, hey, we gotta help DC. It yeah. ain't it ain't all on DC. Well, I'm not, we not saying DC is playing flawless and all that type of stuff, but we know we can do better to help them. So I don't think it's make or break until all that stuff around him 
gets better. Until you know what you have as a defense. If you know you go into a season with a top 10 defense or a middle-of-the-pack defense and you know already what they have offensively, so because we already know that. But when you know what you have defensively, then you could go into a season saying it's a make-or-break year. But we still don't know what they have defensively. Yes, they've made upgrades, but they still yeah. haven't played it down yet. That's what we're yeah, saying. Exactly. All right. Yeah, we, we, we believe they got a Ferrari on offense, but we don't know. <laughs> yeah we don't you know you're right you're right you're right you're right all right well that's gonna do it for this week's episode of keep it at 300 i am so glad to be back i hope you enjoyed the show make sure you rate us and write a review though we would really really appreciate it till next time for james i'm fallon we out Peace.